blessing for the family. Father, I just ask that you speak to us today. Anoint our ears because your word said you give us ears to hear. And we can truly hear from our spirit so that our lives can be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Last uh, Sunday, I left off talking about husbands and the way they deal with your wives. I'm going to go into that a little bit this morning. And then uh, on Father's Day, we'll come back again and visit revisit this uh, matter because it's really important. And we'll go into that again. But today, I will be focusing mainly on raising kids. Amen? How to raise your children how to raise our children, and be sure that they will be okay in life. Amen. So that we'll be talking about that. But let me uh, start with talking about uh, uh, husbands and their wives. Uh, The Bible tells us clearly how husbands are supposed to act towards their wives. It says to love. And love is the instrument that God has given to the husband to beautify his wife, to make her a glorious woman without spot or wrinkle. The instrument that he is giving to you is love. He says, just like Christ gave himself, we should give ourselves because love always gives. So you give yourself to your wife. And your purpose, just like Jesus gave himself, that he might, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 and 27, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of, the, uh, of, of water by the word. So how do you wash your wife? How do you cleanse your wife? How do you sanctify your wife? Through words, amen? Through words. And we'll be talking more about that on Father's Day. What we should be saying to our wives so we can uh, sanctify them. Amen. We can wash them and uh, make them a glorious woman without spot or wrinkle. Amen. And uh, in uh, Psalm 128 verse 3, it says, Your wife shall be a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. If you're doing it, that's what she's going to become. Amen. She's going to become a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children also, uh, like olive plants all around your table. Now, I said last Sunday, the greatest gift a man can give to his children, love their mother and let them know you really love mama then everything will take care of itself. If they know you don't really care about mama, you're cursing mama out, they can be very insecure and things are not going to be good. So we'll be talking about more about that on Father's Day. How many fathers going to be here? That's going to be the Sunday after the next Sunday. It's really instruction. It's not scolding. It's instruction where we learn what to do so that we can make our wives. You understand what I'm saying? It's not pastor coming against you. It's so I can get instruction. So I know. I wish somebody told me all of this. You know. Way back there. So I know what to do. To make my wife a glorious woman. You can actually bring healing. To your wife. By what comes out of your mouth. Amen. But today we want to talk about. How to raise children. Raising children. God actually speaks to the man 
when it comes to raising children in the home. God speaks to the man. He tells uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, he says, honor your father and your mother. But then he goes on to say in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Notice God didn't speak to the mothers. He spoke to the fathers. You fathers don't provoke your children to wrath. But bring them up in the in training, in the training and admonition of the Lord. So really in the home, the father is the one that's doing the training. It should never be left to the mother. You may be doing a lot of work and all of that, and they are with their mothers, but when you come back, that's your place. Don't ever leave the training of the children and the correction of the children to their mother. That's reversed. Don't ever do that. If you do that, you have gone against God's principles. It will not work. You are the one God wants to train the kids. And training sometimes is when you're trying to train and correct the kids for the kid, as the Bible says, it's not always pleasant for the kid. And so when it's not pleasant, it's coming from daddy. Guess who they run to for comfort? They run to mama. And you're the bad guy. Amen? That's the way it should be. Not mama becoming the bad guy and you are the good guy. That's, that's backward. The father should be the bad guy. I'm willing to take that position in my home. I was from the very beginning. I will be the bad guy. If he ends up hating me, that's fine. Love your mama. That's the good one. He's okay. But I'm going to spank you. I don't care what mama says. I'm going to spank you. I'm coming after you. I'll be in your face. I'm going to tell you what you're doing is wrong, and I'm going to let you have it. I'm not going to back off. So, oh, we love mama. I say, keep loving mama. I'll keep loving you my way. (laughs) My way is to correct you. Don't you ever leave it. You know, in our home, Angel, I can let you know this. When the kids were growing up, I was the bad guy. I, I mean, and I, Angela said, it's enough. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. I'm the bad guy. And I know they don't like daddy. But that's my job. Amen. God gave it to me. And I'm going to do it right. Notice it says here, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. What does that mean? Are fathers prone to provoking their children to wrath? What that is saying is don't just discipline them without putting everything in context. They'll hate you and get angry for that, over that. You have to let them know why you're doing this. And why this behavior is not going to work for you. I'm looking out for your future. So I have a rod in my hand to look out for your future. And if you don't listen, 
I'll use the rod to put you back in the path. Yeah, I got this rod. Your rod and your staff, what? They comfort me. <laughs> what comfort, amen. <laughs> That's great comfort. When you use the rod to comfort the child. But that's what God does with us. You understand? The rod and the staff, the staff is to guide. The rod is to give you a little bit of punishment. But in God's mind, and David got it right, that's comfort for me because he's allowing me to walk this path, this narrow path, where goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I need this rod. I need this staff. But when you correct your children, they need to know that what you're trying to do is to get them in the path of goodness and mercy. They will not always be at home. They're going somewhere without you. But you've already shown them and you've directed them and you've placed them in the path of goodness and mercy. And part of doing that is the rod and the staff. You need the rod and the staff. So when you correct the child, you let them know why you're doing it. You know, you've heard about parents who are drunk. You know, they come back home and they whip beating on everybody. Yeah? The kids get bitter. Because in their mind, they haven't done anything. In fact, daddy, you are the one that really needs spanking. You're drunk. And you come back from work. Sometimes, yeah, I had to apologize to my kids because I'm frustrated. They say one word and I yell back, you know. It's no correction, but I'm really frustrated. And what's frustrating me is something else, you know, from something I'm dealing with. And sometimes us as parents, when we're frustrated, we got this short fuse, you know, and then we blow up and you're yelling at the kid for no reason. They're just being kids. You need to go back and apologize. If you don't, they're going to get bitter. And bitterness will take them where you don't want them to go. That's why he's saying, fathers, you need to correct them, but don't do it where they become angry. So everything you do is in love and in correction. You're letting them know this is not going to be good for you. Uh, You spank them and later bring the kid back. You know why I did that to you? I was hurting while I was doing that. I heard this story, this beautiful story, to put things in, in, in context. This father, he was disciplining his kid. You know, he, he spanked him with the rod. But the, the kid goes right back to school, and he, he acts really bad again. And they'll call, call daddy, and daddy will go back. It's just constant, you know, this trouble back and forth. And uh, then he got to a place, father said, listen, you're grown now. From now on, I am not going to spank you. I'm not going to ever do it. I'm not going to do that. You're going to take correction. The kid was happy about it. And went back, and uh, he was okay for a while. And then he acted up again. They called daddy, and daddy had said, I don't want to get that anymore. And he knew his daddy was mad. And daddy got him, and they got in the room. And he thought, daddy's going to spank me again. I'm in trouble. This is it. 
And daddy says, well, I got the road. You're, you're, you're grown now, and you're still acting bad. So I must not have done my job very well. I am the one who needs this spanking. So daddy puts his pants down and laid in front and said, you spanked me. The kid said, no, daddy, I'll never do that. It's no way. They say, yeah, I, I'm the one that's wrong. I didn't train you right. So you've been acting silly. I've done everything I know to do. I guess I don't know what to do. And uh, something's wrong with me. And since you, every time you act bad in school, you come back home and you got to whack daddy. So he said, go ahead, son. The fellow says, there's no way I'm going to do that, daddy. You must do it. I don't know how it went if the son actually did it, but that, that was the end of the time. He never acted badly after that. He quit. What happened here? He put everything into contest. I'm doing it for your good. It's not for me. When I'm disciplining you, he's hurting me as well. Maybe you're thinking about the rod that's hitting you. You don't know there's another rod that's hitting my heart. Now, see, um, let me reverse it so you know what I've been going through. He's been hurting me as much as he hurts you to hit your dad. That's how he hurts me when I'm hitting you. But you haven't gotten the message. Put it in contest. Amen? So the kid understands what you're trying to do. He's not daddy trying to have his way. He's daddy trying to help you for your future. Amen? That's what to do. That's what to do. We must discipline them. A Bible tells us for children, you need to understand this. <coughs> and parents, not just fathers, all parents. When God says something, he's actually giving us, what he's doing is he's opening, the, he's just pulling the curtain, you know, of darkness away. So that you can understand what life is really like. Because he created life. He created us. He knows everything about us. So when he's telling you something about yourself, he's trying to help you. And if you listen, life will be pleasant for you. If you don't, then you make, you make the consequence. He doesn't want you to suffer the consequence. But you will get there if you don't listen. You know, concerning children, God says this. In Psalm 22, verse 15, it says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. What takes it out? The rod of correction will drive it far from him. You want your child not to be foolish? Use the rod. Use the rod. I don't care what the psychologist is saying. I don't care what they say. They don't know. You know, when my son was in uh, elementary school, later, uh, that's Omar. He's become a, a, a real joy for us today. We're really proud of him, yes. But in those days, uh, Omar was something else. Uh, it's almost like saying, God, oh, oh, I prayed for a child. Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> The best of kids today. Omar is completely transformed. <laughs> but, you know, in those days, I worked at the medical center. You know how far that is? 
And Omar was in school right here in, in uh, Millsap Elementary. And they'll call me and say, you need to come. They'll, they'll say, I think it was in Lampkin, right? It was in Lampkin then. And I'll hear, they call me in my office at the medical center and say, sir, we just want you to experience some of the things we've been going through all day. <laughs> yeah. And I said, what? And they said, just, just, just hold on a little bit. And they'll put the mic to where he is. And I hear somebody, ah! say, sir, that's what we've been going through all day. Could you please come get your kid? And I'm saying, I'm at the medical center. You know how long it's going to, so we can't do anything with this kid around. Come get him. I'll come and get him back home. And when we get back home, I look him in the eye, son, one of us going to die. <laughs> he said, oh, you die? Oh, I'm going to die. One of us about to die because I can't be doing this. And so Omar knew every time he's acting in school, <laughs> he has to deal with daddy at home. And his teachers are perceived, when they say, uh, your dad's coming, almost as, you know, dad's coming. So this instructor figured that I must be doing something bad to Oma because the mention of my name alone is enough to make the boy shiver, you know. <laughs> so I sat with her in a conference. And she said, we, no, we notice <laughs> every time we talk about you and, and, and discipline, your son kind of acts really weird. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you how to discipline your kid. I said, sure. <laughs> she said, put out your hand. And I put out my hand and she did something like this. I said, is that the way you discipline your kid? She said, that's the way to discipline. I said, listen, maybe you know something that God doesn't know. She said, what did you say? I said, maybe you know better than God. She said, I didn't say that. But that's what she said. I said, God said to use the whip, uh -huh. the rod, okay? She said, I didn't say I know better. I said, well, I'll listen to God. I'm not going to listen to you. I'll spank him. Amen. In the United States in the 80s, there was this movement about not disciplining the kids. You're going to get them violent. If you beat them, they're going to get violent. How many of you heard about that? And they were broadcasting it, CNN and all of that. And they were bringing all the experts with that tie and the DDDs and the post-hole diggers, PhDs. And all of them were saying all this stupid stuff. I could kick my television, you know, just watching those people. And Europe, they were watching it as well. And the Europeans got very angry. It was the time that the kids would go to a school, you remember? And they blow everybody up with their guns. 
And you're telling them, don't discipline them. The, you, the people in Europe call back and said, listen guys, you Americans, you can, you can do whatever you want with your kid. Don't spank them. We'll spank our own kids, but we'll tell you this. Your kids are more violent than our kids, even though we're spanking them. That's the lie that the enemy is putting out. That, we're not talking about abusing the kid. I said, let everything be in contest. Let them know why you're doing it. Don't hurt the kid, but help them understand why you're doing it. God can never be wrong. Don't take these worldly philosophies into your heart and act on them. Because he sees it. And you reap the reward. You listen to what God says. His word says, do not lean on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You listen to what God says. In Proverbs 23, verse 13 and 14, it says, do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him, that word beat, I'm going to take this person to court now, right? You beat the child, that's abuse. God says, if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. (laughs) You can beat the child, he's not going to die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from where? From hell. Some people said, well, the rod is your tongue. I like to take that rod out of your mouth and beat my child with it. Some children, that doesn't work. You take every child differently. I did what I had to do with Omar. When Gracie came along, that was a different child. I start yelling at her and she starts crying and the behavior stops. I don't even get to my rod. There's no need to get to the rod because that can do it. But if the child's not going to listen, I got to find a way to get this child to listen. I got to listen to what God says. It says, he who spares the rod hates his child. That's what God says. If you don't use it, you think what you got for that child is love, you really, in the mind of heaven, you hate that child. You must correct your child. The child needs it. Foolishness is bound to the eyes of the heart of a child. He's there in the heart. And he says it's the rod of correction. Both instruction and the using of the rod when it's necessary. My mother used it for me. It helped. (laughs) Amen. It helped. I didn't like it, but it helped. Every time I think about doing that, I also think about the rod that's coming after my behavior. So we need to understand that. Now I'm going to switch a little bit and I'm going to talk to the children. We're talking about discipline. We're talking about children and their relationship with their parents. How many of you still have a father or a mother? Let me see your hand up. Okay. You may be grown. You may even be a grandfather. But to them, you are still their what? You're still their child. And in the mind of God, he takes it all the way till they get to the grave. 
If you move away from it, you're going to pay the price. I'm telling you, this is a very serious matter. The way you handle your parents is going to determine how life treats you. It's so important. This is very, very important. You never see your parents hurting and you act like you don't know what's going on. Even if they treated you badly in the past. Love never fails. Sometimes you may not even be, want to be in their presence. But do everything you can to show the love of Christ. If they need help, support whatever you can do. That's what Jesus commanded you. You know, God gave ten commandments. The first four commandments were about God. They were to deal, dealing with God. Not making any graven image. You must worship God and God alone. All the four. The fifth one, the very first one, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. The second one, to love your neighbor as yourself. So the first four were towards God and then the rest of them, six of them, towards your fellow man. But the very first one, in your relationship with mankind, to your parents. Very top in God's mind. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That's what Paul said. Let's read it. Honor your father and your mother is the first commandment with promise. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Obey your parents in the Lord. Meaning, if your parent is a dope, (laughs) somebody that uses dope and he says, Hey, sonny, you want to try this? And say, no. He says, you need to obey your father. Don't listen to him. Because he says, obey your parents, what? In the Lord. Don't allow them make you do something that you know doesn't agree with God. That's the way place to say, no, that's wrong, daddy, and I'm not going to do it. If you stand, God will raise you. Amen? But so it's to obey your parents in the Lord. And it says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. In other words, God gave that commandment. It was so important to God that he attached a promise to it. And it says, but with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Two things. You want to prosper? Honor your father and your mother. You want to live long on the earth? Honor your father and your mother. If you think God is kidding, go against it. In those days, when after I found this scripture, you know how I dealt with my mom, I changed my behavior towards her. Even though I knew she wasn't saved, that was a transformation for me. I knew I couldn't be talking back to my mother and arguing with her because I was already past 18. And I suffered for that. And my mother would not accept Christ because of my behavior. But all I was doing was preaching at her because I knew the word and I knew she didn't know the word. So I preached to her. But I wasn't doing it nicely, not with respect. And she didn't respond, nothing happened. 
But when I changed my attitude towards her, and I started respecting her, and only preached to her when she asked questions of me, she got saved. She got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then she started to witness as well. You honor your father and your mother so it is well. It becomes well with you. Well means so that you can be prosperous and have a good life in this world. That's the promise. In those days, I used to tell kids after I learned this, and I said, uh, son, why are you acting so bad? You, want, you, you like to die young? Said, what do you mean by that? Well, if you act badly, you're going to die young. No matter what, you will die young. I guarantee you. You act badly towards your parents. Before long, you'll be out either smoking dope or whatever. Something is going to happen in the natural to cut your life short. Could be in a car accident. You know those crazy things? They have all this uh, their big music on, making so much noise. And they're doing all the crazy stuff. Won't listen to pap, mama and papa. Won't come home at the right time. Just do whatever they want. And the next thing you know, they're going, the parents are hurting. But they're no longer here. And we wonder why. You wonder why. You see, God is a respecter of no one. For you parents that have kids that are acting silly, you better pray. Pray really hard and pray covering constantly over them and possibly because of you and based on what God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, they are holy, maintain and hold that scripture because if you don't, they may not live very long. God doesn't play with his words. And if you're a child, you're leaning towards that, God, through your parents, might help you live long, but life's not going to be fun for you. I'm telling you, you're not going to have it easy. It's going to be really tough. The word they honor actually means to reverence, to obey, to bring relief to them, and to maintain. That's what the word means. So even if you, you're older, you are even a parent now, and your father is still alive, God still expects you to maintain them. If it's necessary, you have to. If they're hurting and can't leave, they got to get them out of house, you can do something, and you refuse to do it, that's serious sin in the mind of God. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he says, why do you all break the law of God? Because the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. And if a child curses father and mother, let him die the death. Let him really die. Jesus meant business when he was saying that. Let him, he said, but you, you're saying to these children of Israel that if they have a gift for their mother, what they are supposed to give to their parents to help maintain them, if you telling them, you Pharisees are teaching them that if those gifts are for if they can say, well, that gift is for God, I'm going to give it to God, then they don't have to give it to their parents to help them. He says, you are making the word of God of no effect by bringing this silly tradition into the house of God. They should be taking care of their parents with their finances. That's what he said. That's what Jesus meant business. He said, you are nullifying God's word by telling them they, can't they, they don't have to maintain their children if they will say, I'm going to give it to pastor. Liar. They're not going to give it to pastor. They say, way out. 
What does that mean? God, Jesus is saying, as a Christian, you take care of your parents. When they, when you were young, they took care of you. When you cry, you messed up, you know, and that doesn't smell too good. That um, they came around and didn't mind the smell. He smelled real good. It was from their baby. They took care of you. You couldn't help yourself. They fed you when you cried in the three a.m. in the morning. They were up and took care of you. Now they are old. They can't walk, and you don't even care about them. How can that be righteous? Think about it. How can that be right in the sight of God? God gave you to them and gave them to you. They took care of you when you were young. Now they need your help. He's reversed and you've forgotten them. How can it be well with you? It's not going to be. Think about it. No wonder I read this story about this girl who was acting so bad towards her mom and all everything she touched, everything came crashing down and she didn't understand what was going on but God was merciful to her and she went to this prophet of God, this was in Nigeria and the prophet told her, your mother, what's going on with your, you and your mother? And she realized, she oh, oh, she said, Thank God for a girl who had a heart for God. She went back, made everything right with her mother. And guess what happened to her business? Began to prosper again. And she came and gave testimony in the house of God. I turned around. A grown woman. I turned around. And I obeyed my mom. I respected her. And she humbled herself. Pleaded. They don't have to be right. You just know what to do to maintain peace. And so they know you're honoring them. Not because of them, but because of him. Amen? Not because of them, but because of him. And if you do it for because of him, guess who you're honoring when you honor them? Even though they don't deserve it. Some parents don't deserve it. They've acted really bad, abused their kids. They don't deserve it. I know what you mean, what you're saying. They don't deserve it, but do it for him. Amen? Do it for him. And anything you do for him, you will never Use the word, especially when you do it for somebody that does not deserve it, you actually make a sacrifice. Amen? It's a living sacrifice. And God blesses you for it. Amen? Stand up with me. My time is up. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us this morning, all you have to do what we must understand is that God is such a merciful and loving God. Amen? And everything that has been in the past, all you just have to do is say, God, you know, I never knew this before. I'm sorry. And guess what? Everything wiped away. And God has a new beginning for you. And he's going to be watching you how you move, proceed from now. If you don't act right, he knows you. You heard the word and you are in disobedience and rebellion. You don't want to listen. But if you say, this tiny step I'm going to do, maybe just writing a letter to your mom or to your dad and saying, I love you, mom. I know I acted bad. Just tell you, oh, son, that was no big deal. Say, I know it's no big deal, but for me it is. I want to honor you. Then their heart's glad and say, mama, please pray for me. Amen. They may not be Christians, but they know how to pray, right? And then they blade, they say, yes, I'll pray for you. Their heart's glad. And they say, I love this, my child. Amen. And then they begin to say, that faith is good. That's a good faith that brings them. Amen. Even if they've hurt you. They know they have. Amen.
Can we put our hands up to the Lord today? If you don't know Christ, just uh, um, cry out to him. Tell him to come into your heart and to forgive you. He will forgive you. All you have to do is say it from your mouth. Say, Jesus, just come into my life. I hear these words. I want to be just like that. I'm, I'm willing. Could you help me? I need your help. And if you've done something with your parents and maybe with your children, the way you've trained them in the past, but now you got God has opened your eyes through his word. Now you know, God, I'm going to try. If you will just inject into my life your wisdom, I'm willing, based on what I heard, I'm willing. Just guide me and I'm willing. God will take you on. And from this very day, he will begin to do a work in your home. Now, this last thing is so important. If you have a child, even if they're acting bad, the Bible says, because you are a Christian, your child is holy. He didn't ask your opinion. He says, because you are a believer, you know Jesus, your child is holy. So, believe that and hang on that. And God will move through it. Let's lift our hands up to him. And you can speak to him from your heart. And say, Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you today. I believe your word. I know you can't lie to us. I receive your word. I'm going to act on your word. I need grace. I need mercy. Forgive my past. So I can have a new day. And things can be well for me and my family. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.